0: And it teaches us how we're going to respond. I think so much of ourselves in life, it's not so much what we've been through. It's how we choose to respond to those things. And then our choices of how we use, how we choose to live our own life and what we're comfortable um, doing with our life. And are we comfortable with our own decisions? So for me, being vegan was a decision that was a non-negotiable. It was not an option to not be vegan.
1: You are listening to plant strength radio each week, remarkable stories of plant-based healing, mindfulness, fitness, nutrition, and activism. As told by those with the expressed desire to affect lasting change in our world. Real people, real experiences. Your host, Bobby Lynch.
2: What's up guys and welcome to Plant Strength Radio. I'm your host, Bobby Lynch. And here on the show today, we have Carissa Krantz, who's an awarded super lawyer, former professional ballerina, and the founder and CEO of BeVeg International, the world's leading vegan certification firm. Welcome, Krista.
0: Thanks, Bobby. Nice to see you.
2: It's good to see you too. Um, so before we get started, we're going to have a little on-the-spot icebreaker segment <laughs> to warm us up. Okay, are you ready?
0: I'm ready. Let's go. All right.
2: So what <laughs> is giving you strength this week? In other words, What's currently motivating you to keep going?
0: My little pandemic partner, Pumpkin.
2: Okay. I love it. Hi, Pumpkin. Hi,
0: everybody. I'm Pumpkin. Hi, and Pumpkin. I was rescued during COVID.
2: <laughs> wow.
0: I'm a I- COVID companion.
2: <laughs> I love it. How old is she?
0: She's four and a half.
2: Oh, so wow. yeah, I
0: rescued her from um, a rescue here in Florida. That Her owner surrendered her because she had a health... A health issue needed a surgery. It was an expensive surgery, so they couldn't afford it. So now, but now she's all better and she's mine, and she's a great little partner that gives me great motivation.
2: Awesome! That is so. I love that. I love to hear that.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: I, that's yeah. I would. It's it's definitely it's definitely really nice to have somebody or some you know somebody. Yeah, she is a somebody. Is um,
0: somebody? No,
2: she is a somebody, and that's <laughs> and that's exactly what we teach to everyone: is that animals are somebody's too um to have Mm -hmm. that to keep you going in your life for me i would say my my co-host she's your co-host yeah she's Mm -hmm. our our co-host for the show um i would say my strength that what's keeping me going i would say is um is what we actually just touched on animals are somebody's too it's the animals and that's what i always keep in the forefront of my mind Uh, with running plant strength and with everything I do with my social media and with my fitness, it's I am doing everything to defy the status quo Mm -hmm. and prove to people what's possible through the power of plants because of the animals for those Mm -hmm. who have no voice, who can't stand up to the suffering and the exploitation that they Mm -hmm. face on a daily basis that's what keeps me motivated, and that's what gives me strength every week. And I'm glad that Pumpkin is giving you strength this week and yeah. now every week during COVID. Um, yeah, I've had
0: her about a month now, so she's uh, she's been a great partner for a month.
2: Awesome! Yeah, she can continue <laughs> co-hosting the show today. Um, so Yay. let's get let's get into things. So tell us about okay. tell us about your experience with veganism. What has your journey mm-hmm. been like uh, being vegan?
0: Mm -hmm. um my journey is very full uh being vegan i um was born and raised vegan i'm a lifelong vegan my mom had a vegan pregnancy back when veganism was anything but normal it's a lot more mainstream and hit now and there's a lot more guidance out there on how to have a vegan pregnancy how to raise a child vegan how to um What to feed a baby, infant formula, et cetera. It's a whole market. But back when I was born and raised, this was not a normal um, or even considered healthy path. So uh, things have changed immensely. So I was born and raised vegan. My vegan journey is that I grew up in a time where I was being bullied for being vegan. And now we live in a time where it's really cool and hip to be vegan. And I, own a vegan company that's global and be able to be pr- a proud vegan. Whereas I think as a child, I was a closet vegan because I just wanted everyone to leave me alone and let me eat my vegan food and not make fun of me and not pick on me and not say, ooh what's that? Or how do you get your protein? Or, you know, do you think carrots have feelings too? I've just been through the entire gamut of it growing up. So it's a lot, it's, it's great to live in a time like now where Uh, The world is starting to wake up and realize that a plant-based lifestyle and veganism is the most sustainable way to live for our own health, for our planet, for um, survival, for the animals. It just is a full circle, interconnected lifestyle that is something that is widely accepted and appreciated in a way that it never used to be. It still has a long way to go. But I have seen quantum progress and I think that it's really nice to see when I go out to dinner now, the tables have turned for real. You know, when when I was younger, people would, you know, eat what they want to eat and pick on me. Now, when I go out to eat, people are a lot more aware and they will say, do you mind if I order this on the menu, which is a shift in awareness for them to say, you know what? Maybe me ordering this is offensive rather right. than when I was younger, it was like, well, what you have nothing to eat on this menu. Like, what can you eat? You're, you're, you have a big sacrifice in your life right now. And I mean, it, it just, the consciousness has changed completely yeah. in 30 years.
2: Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you've been vegan for that long? How, how old are you? Do you mind a me asking? Bit more.
0: 36.
2: No way. Seriously? Yeah. I would yeah. never have guessed. Wow. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, that's amazing. Vegan for 36 years. I'm, I just hit my fully vegan, no meat or animal products, my fully vegan anniversary at the beginning of this month. Um, but I haven't eaten meat in over three years and I'm like, wow, that's actually quite a while, but 36 like congrats. That's so, Mm -hmm. that's so amazing to hear that. And
0: well, and pumpkin has been vegan for a month.
2: Oh, congrats, Pumpkin. Good job. We have a one month anniversary.
0: A month long vegan. <laughs> uh, but the rescue, what I liked, um, so this rescue that had her, they have they're a Shih Tzu rescue. She's a mix between a Shih Tzu and a Maltese. Um, they are vegan, the owners. They oh, wow. so pumpkin was one of like they had a lot of people that wanted her. I mean, she's an adorable little rescue to get and a great dog. Like she's just a great dog. So I think I got her because of the vegan thing. I think that because the owners were vegan and they have their dog, they don't have the entire rescue as vegan because it's a rescue, but mm-hmm. their own pets that they mm. have at home are also vegan dogs. Wow. So I think that that, yeah, that was our common denominator.
2: Yeah, that's amazing. Actually, do you, so what is it like for your dog to be vegan in terms of the diet? Uh, don't you, do you have to add any special formula or anything to?
0: Mm-mm. their food vegan or is it... dog food and they, out there and then there's vegan dog treats out there and then they like rice and carrots and um the beyond meat and the they like all of that so, so it's actually
2: really easy for your for your dog to be vegan if you have dogs
0: yes or dog. very awesome. easy that's
2: so yes. cool yeah so actually um speaking on it though on your vegan journey i, w- I had a, a i was thinking about what was it like because you mentioned this when you were being bullied as a child what what was that experience like and did that did that help shape the way you thought about veganism or did it really reaffirm your beliefs and what did you do to overcome that bullying mm.
0: you know it's interesting i look back on it and i i i never once was tempted to be anything but vegan for some reason Um, if you choose your parents, maybe I chose mine. So I would be put on this path because I certainly was put through a lot and never once was I questioning the decision. Um, the only thing I would say is that I sometimes would be a closet vegan. Like I didn't, Right. I didn't want to tell people I was vegan because I just wanted to be left alone. I didn't want to be judged. I didn't want to be quizzed. I didn't want to have to justify my decision. I just wanted to be left alone with my decision. Um, So that's how I probably dealt with it was just like, this is my decision. Leave me alone. I am who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that it had actually made me stronger and to learn to care less about what people think of me or say to me. I mean, As a child, children are used to getting bullied. It doesn't matter for what. (laughs) I mean, that's just what happens to us in school. Uh, My thing was getting bullied about my food choices and diet, but people get bullied every day for all sorts of reasons and differences. Um, And I think that it's character building, and it teaches us how we're going to respond. I think so much of ourselves in life, it's not so much what we've been through. It's how we choose to respond to those things, and then our choices of how we Used, how we choose to live our own life and what we're comfortable um, doing with our life, and are we comfortable with our own decisions? So for me, being vegan was a decision that was a non-negotiable. It was not an option to not be vegan. So the only the only thing I had to deal with was how I was going to respond to the outer world and their response to my decision. And sometimes my response to their response was to just hide my decision.
2: But I love the fact that even though you were in a sense hiding your veganism you never went against it and that nope. takes a lot of willpower and strength especially at a young age when you're so you're 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 so able to be in a sense manipulated by your mm-hmm. peers because at that age we all want to be accepted and we want to yes. fit in and we want everyone to like us and you just will eat can easily it's e- so easy to just fall off the wagon with whatever it is and just do whatever your friends are doing or you know your so-called friends are doing because mm-hmm. they want you to do it and it's w- it's what they think is cool but i really commend you for that and that that goes mm-hmm. a long way when being mm-hmm. vegan
0: Mm-hmm. It was also I think easier for me because veganism started in my household, so my culture right. at home was this is this is what what was ingrained in me, just like eating meat is culturally ingrained in most you know a lot of the population. so for them, it's easier, I think, to fall off the bandwagon because they're they were raised a certain way, so it's ingrained in their culture and in their lifestyle. they're not thinking of it as violence on their plate or as an animal. They're just thinking of it as food, and that that's the food that was served to them from the day that they were born. Um, so it's easier to fall off the bandwagon. I think when you've been off the bandwagon. For right. me, I was never off the bandwagon. I you have were been. Always I, on I, it. I, I was always on it, and I would go to friends' houses, or when my parents got divorced, and I'd, I'd visit my dad. And you know, I wasn't in a vegan household. Um, sure, I was. There were opportunities, and people tried to force things on me. But I, I'm a very stubborn person. Um, and I think that that's a good thing, but I'm very stubborn in that when my mind is made up about something, um, I don't like things pushed on me and my mind was made up about, I wasn't going to eat an animal. So when people were pushing it on me or challenging me, like, I bet you're going to eat meat one day or I'm going to get you to eat meat. And, um, like that just made me more stubborn that. I'm going to prove not. you wrong.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're not
0: going to, you're not going to convince nah, it's me. It's not happening. And, and actually you're going to be convinced. Right. Um, the other way, my way, you're going to follow me. Right. Um, So, you know, I mean, it wasn't easy. It really wasn't easy, but it was, a, it was a choice that I believed in and I understood and it was a conscious decision and um, the one I'm proud of.
2: Yeah, that's uh, mm-hmm. again. I I say it. I just really commend you, and I have so much respect for that, for that willpower. And that's something my dad has always instilled in me. Mm-hmm. Is you know you should whatever it is that you believe in, stand up for it, even if everybody is against you. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like your word and the belief in yourself is what matters. It what's it's what matters the most. And right. That's so, your truth.
0: So if you believe in it. Don't live betray it. yourself.
2: Exactly. Live, live your truth. I love that. I mm-hmm. love that. So how would you say then your experiences with veganism growing up have led you to defining yourself as an ethical vegan? Mm. Um, and before answering that, actually, if you wouldn't mind, could you define what it means to be an ethical vegan for our listeners who are unaware of the term?
0: Okay, yeah. So um, an ethical vegan is someone that chooses to um, not exploit animals because they have compassion for the animals uh, and the environment. There are vegans who are who choose – I would say that those that choose a vegan diet for um, health are more of a plant-based um, in their approach to their diet. I've also noticed uh,
2: they're more likely uh, uh, to uh, fall off – the bandwagon, for lack of a better term, and go back to not being vegan.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could go one of two ways. They could fall off the bandwagon because they're doing it for their own health, and they may decide that they want to eat something that's not so good for them and, and enjoy the taste buds of that moment. And so they're doing it more for health. They haven't made the connection of the environment, the animals, the mental, spiritual, holistic approach that I think. Um, a vegan heart really is. Now, I do think people might choose a plant-based lifestyle and have a vegan heart and not make the connection yet, and they're just on the path, and they will get there. A lot of people start out eating plant-based and then they become ethical vegans, and that's right. what happened to my mom, mm-hmm. and that's um, what happened to me. I was born vegan because my mom felt it was healthier. I stayed vegan because I made a moral connection and said, "I'm going to be, I'm going to be a." A vegan because I don't want to eat animals which means I'm an ethical vegan I even if it was unhealthy to be vegan I would not be eating any other way I don't want right. to eat an animal right so that would just be my decision like if I were on a stranded island and there was no food I would watch the birds and go eat what the birds are eating which is hopefully not a worm or something but you know right. hopefully some right. seeds and trees and
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 and then that stubbornness of yours just made it really reinfer, re, you know, reaffirm everything of, hey, listen, keep telling me I'm not going to be vegan and I'm going to keep being vegan to prove you yeah. wrong. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah, that. No.
0: And I, you know, growing up, so like I was, I went to a high school performing arts and I did high school debate and I was one of the only ones on my debate team, me and one other person at the time. Um, he was vegetarian. I was vegan. We would get the the veggie meals, right? On Mm. debate tournaments, we'd have the special meal ticket. And we were so made fun of. And I remember my high school debate coach, who I'm still very close with today, she would eat anything and everything. Um, Right before COVID, I went to dinner with her. And when we sat down, she was like, Carissa, what are we going to order? I'm like, what do you mean? What are we going to order? And she's like, oh, I didn't tell you. I'm like, what? And she's like, I'm vegan now. I'm like, what? Like all these years, like I've I've known her for God, like 20 years. And she's, you know, so she's someone that 20 years ago is like, oh, try this. You're missing out. And now it's her entire fridge is full of almond milk and oat milk and cashew milk and and vegan cheese and vegan proteins. And I mean, she's the one that changed, not me. And not only that, she said that now one third of her debate team is vegan on all debate tournaments. So wow. that is a shift.
2: That's so That's amazing.
0: Yeah. I love so, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're moving forward.
2: We are. It takes, it takes steps. And, and I, I think of my own personal journey. I have always been at heart and ethical vegan, but I wasn't. Vegan. My ethics always aligned with being an ethical vegan, but I was so disconnected to what I was eating, to the process of the fact that that meat was actually an animal. And once I started my plant-based journey and I gave up meat, and then I continued to increase my awareness of, wow, it's not just meat. It's all of the animal agriculture industry, dairy, eggs, Everything that is produced from an animal is contributing to suffering and ultimately, and ultimately death. Once I fully was awoken to that, that's when I fully aligned myself with my actions and my ethics and my beliefs. And that's when I went fully vegan.
0: And you know what I like to say to people is that's integrity, right? What's integrity? Integrity is when your, your thoughts and your actions and your beliefs align, right? A lot of people will, they'll think one way, but then their heart's another way, and then their actions are doing something completely different. I think integrity really is when you can say, I have made up my mind. My mind is in line with my heart, and my actions are evidence of this um, evolution, of a decision that I have made and I'm going to proceed with integrity in this decision.
2: I think that's such a great definition of that term. Mm -hmm. And I I think you're super spot on with that. Mm -hmm. And I felt fully aligned with myself and especially with my spirituality. Once I went fully vegan, I felt Mm -hmm. like I was living out my purpose now and all of my actions match my beliefs. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm really interested in hearing more about this transition for you, kind of speaking professionally, um, how you went from a professional ballet dancer to an awarded super lawyer. But Mm -hmm. before we do that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back after this message from our sponsors.
1: Support for this episode comes from Chicken Bites. Hey, Did you know that every serving of Chicken Bites has 17 grams of protein? And did you know that they're made entirely from simple ingredients? Visit www.plantstrengthfoods.com to find out where you can get your pack of Chicken Bites. And use offer code PSR at checkout to save when shipping. Chicken Bites, always made from ingredients you can pronounce. Support for this episode comes from Trupo Treats. Brian and Charlie Trooper were on a mission to find the most delectable treat of them all, chocolate. Unfortunately for them, there were very few vegan chocolates on the market. So together, the twin brothers had an epiphany, something that many of us have, but resolved to leave unanswered. An Why not make our own? So the brothers did just that and launched the milkless chocolate vegan crunch bar. Visit www.tripletreats.com to taste a little bit of cruelty-free heaven. Use promo code PSR at checkout to save on your order. And as an added perk, 25% of all proceeds are donated to Animal Farm Sanctuaries. Triple Treats, helping animals one chocolate bar at a time.
2: All right, guys, and we are back. So, Carissa, that question that I was asking you right before we went on to the break was, how did you become an awarded super lawyer from being a professional ballet dancer?
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I pursued a career in law. That's how I did it. (laughs) Um, I still take ballet class, though, and I um, dance professionally all throughout my education. But... uh, being a lawyer is a lot of work and applying yourself. And if you apply yourself in what you, in what you do, you're going to get awards and be successful, right? So, right. yes, I'm, I mean, I'm a super one of the awarded super lawyers um, as a former prosecutor. And now I have my own practice for the last um, eight years. I worked at a big global law firm, Greenberg Traurig um which is a top one of the largest law firms in the world i did securities litigation and then about um four years ago i started b international which is a vegan certification firm which is managed by my law firm for um basically legal vegan claims and labeling laws so mm-hmm. um, we have defined a vegan standard we are now accredited under iso 17065 which means we're the first vegan Standard in the world to be internationally recognized and accredited under ISO standards, which is Standards of international standardization, and it's a big deal. So I'm excited to um, Take my passion of being vegan and apply it to my profession and my education and to actually do some good within the world and Make laws and where laws need to be made um, Mm -hmm. regarding things that we care about
2: right well and isn't your company the only vegan certification company that's backed by a law firm?
0: Yeah, so there's other vegan um, trademarks out there and there are global trademarks um, But there's a big difference between being a glo- we're also a global trademark um, But being a global trade certification mark that also has a law firm issued vegan scheme and then is also Internationally credit accredited under ISO standards, which means that the international accreditation community um, and which is what accredits organic gluten-free food safety, now recognizes the veg as a vegan scheme mm-hmm. under international standards. So that means that the International Accreditation Forum has a vegan scheme to go to now to look at when validating um, vegan claims on products. So um, I'm really excited about that. You, you know vegan vegan has a long way to go within our laws still uh, Vegan in general is not defined. It's not recognized. There should be I'm writing a book right now about vegan law. Know your rights um, It's being published by vegan publishers I have a, a chapter coming out in Lexington publishers in Europe regarding vegan labeling laws There's so much that needs to happen for vegan to truthfully be defined and protected and um, like a constitutional class. So Mm. whether it's um, discrimination in the workplace or during a divorce, which determines the nutrition of a child or um, the right to vegan options in places of public accommodation, like hospitals, schools, prisons, um, restaurants, you name it. There's uh, so much that really needs to develop in this area, just like race, religion, disability, marriage equality, gender equality. For us, as vegans, this is a lifestyle that we practice religiously. And for many of us, it's a moral lifestyle. We just spoke about ethical veganism. It's a moral lifestyle, which means it is no different than religion, and that it really should be a constitutionally protected class, and that we should have rights that extend, that protect us in every sector of our life. But one sector, which is very important, is what B-Veg is regulating and mandating, and that is labeling laws, truth in labeling laws.
2: I love that. And that's exactly why, for those of you guys who don't know, our mm-hmm. product, Chicken Bites, Plant Strength Chicken Bites, which you can get on plantstrengthfoods.com, are vegan certified through B-Veg International. So if you guys would like to get yourself some, make sure to visit plantstrengthfoods.com. They are available everywhere in the world for $24.99. And if you use Carissa's discount code, Veg B-E-V-E-G, mm-hmm. at checkout, you're going to get free shipping on any USA order. So again, $24.99 wow. and BEVEG for free shipping on any USA order. Make sure to get you guys so, so some chicken bites. They are Absolutely amazing. Not just saying that because it's our Mm -hmm. product, but because they're just that good. Anyway, continuing on, Carissa. um, Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about, though, your career as a professional ballerina. And what was that like being vegan and a ballerina and competing Mm -hmm. against people who are eating meat? I mean, because, you know, there's that whole common notion of Mm -hmm. You can't be healthy, or you can't build muscle, or you can't be athletic unless you are eating meat and animal products, Mm -hmm. but clearly you defy that as you were a professional Mm -hmm. dancer.
0: Right. Well, and first of all, my competition was never anyone else. It was always myself. I was always competing against myself and how I could be a better version of myself. And I think in ballet, that's important because ballet is very much about a relationship with you and yourself in the mirror. So I was always looking at myself in the mirror, visualizing how I could be better, whether my leg could go higher or I could do another turn or I could balance longer. Ballet is um, a way for us to get into a meditative state and become a higher version of ourselves. So to me, my competition was always myself, but I have, and and that's probably what made me a great ballet dancer, um, because I was always wanting to do better and be better. My diet of veganism was irrelevant in terms of my ability to be a professional prima ballerina. I Achieved professional status. I have never broken a bone in my body. I was dancing um, Professionally all throughout school. I danced with the Oakland Ballet while I was at Berkeley Law School I got into the top ballet companies in the country I danced um, with the uh, Joffrey Ballet taking professional classes while I was getting my master's in journalism at Northwestern. So anyone that says that dancing professionally or having an athletic career is not possible on a vegan diet is wrong because there are plenty of great athletes out there that are vegan and thriving. And anyone that says that you can't achieve mental um, acuity and clarity and greatness is also wrong because I have never had a problem uh, with either of those things, you know, thank God, because of my vegan choices. I have thrived. Now, I don't know if it's because of the vegan diet or if it's genetics or what, um, but I certainly did not suffer um, in any way, mentally or physically, because of a vegan lifestyle. I was able to be a great athlete and I was able to achieve great. Um, professional uh, mental success. Um, I'm high-functioning. I passed the bar in three states. I'm, you know, a bar to practice in Florida, New York, and D.C. I have a law firm. I mean, I do not think that veganism in any way, shape, or form has affected my ability to be a great ballet dancer. And there are so many wonderful athletes out there that are vegan, and there are so many brilliant people out there that are vegan. So,
2: Yeah, I mean, if anything, it's probably a big factor to why you are so awarded and so far into your career as you are today and why you were able to like, why you've like seen all the success that you've had, because I can even personally touch on my own athletics. And I've always been an athlete growing up, you know, and I played multiple sports, football, baseball, basketball, all the way through high school. And I played football all the way through college. But I was, I was eating the standard meat, potato, vegetable meal. It's, it's disgusting when I think about how much meat and animal protein I ate. It was every single meal of the day. It was some sort of meat or animal protein. And I was like, you know, I've always been really strong. And I was really strong when I was playing football in college. I am now stronger and I have been vegan for two full years, as I said, and without meat for almost three full years. And I am stronger than I was in college. My athleticism is better. I am more athletic with everything that I'm doing. I learned Mm -hmm. how to backflip recently, which is Mm -hmm. pretty cool. Um, But just and my recovery in the gym, how intensely I work out, Mm -hmm. because I still am training, like I'm playing football in college, but I'm recovering so much faster. So I would definitely 100% argue to say that because of the fact that you were vegan, that's exactly why you were able to achieve all the success that you did professionally as a dancer, but also why you're able to maintain the schedule that you do and continue just making more and more advancements in your life with your career. Congrats. You're writing a book now. And mm-hmm. I mean, with the, with this, with your company, it's just, yeah. it's amazing everything that you do.
0: Well, I can say the vegan diet has worked for me. Yeah, Very well for me. And so, you know, I think a lot of us can only speak for ourselves. Like you can say what worked for you. I know, um, I spoke to John Sally recently, which was, you know, he's an NBA four-time champ and he was having some health issues back in the day. And he said, You know, he wanted to be strong like an ox and a light bulb went off. Well, what do ox eat? Grass.
2: Right. And now he
0: swears by it. So I think it's one of those things that, you know, people need to take on the challenge, try it for themselves, commit to it for 30 to 60 days, and then see how they feel and go from there. Because it's certainly, you know, it's one thing for people to look at us and and judge, which is what I was my whole life judged for my decisions. Mm. And I think that, um, you know, as much as I was judged in the process of growing up, all those people that judged me can now look now and say, well, maybe I was wrong. Maybe because I was you know, wrong. She certainly yep. did turn out okay. I mean, she did dance professionally and get to wear her, those beautiful point shoes, and she did get a great education, and she is running a company. And, you know, maybe that diet does work after all.
2: <laughs> right, right. Totally. Uh, yeah. And not only that, are you running a company, you also have a show on the Jane Unchained Network. Yeah. Tell us a little about that.
0: So, yeah, the show's called The Laws That Matter. It's every Wednesday at noon Eastern Standard Time. And um, on the show, uh, we discuss different laws that matter um, that are happening in the world surrounding veganism. Um, I bring on guests. I I like to talk, though, a lot about... spiritual laws, though. I am a lawyer and I do use the platform to um, discuss, you know, slaughterhouse workers rights right now and and live animal wet markets and we do discuss all the real legal topics that are around um, veganism and the animal community Um, But I think that there's a big link that's not really discussed enough in the um, vegan community and that is the um, spiritual link to veganism. I think a Mm. lot of people say, oh, are you vegan? Why are you vegan? Is it for the animals? Is it for the environment? Right. Is it for your health? Okay, those are three big pillars, but there's a fourth big one, and that is... Spirituality and karmic right. consequences and I think that there's a whole spiritual community out there that is open to receive And they are kind compassionate beings of heart and they have not made the connection To their diet on their plate and they're trying to meditate. They're trying to be better people and I think that it's very important as um, vegans to discuss these spiritual laws and these higher laws and and get to that audience because that's not an audience That's going to resist us. There are people out there that are going to resist the movement. I've learned this growing up. You are not going to convince everybody. Their best way to do it is to just live your life and be an example of health or be an example of, of whatever, be an example of you, be the best version of you. And people going to people will come over, right? They will come over. But those that are on a spiritual path, they're on the path and they are already aspiring to be better, do better. They're, they're doing discovery. They want to know what it is that they can do to feel more pure of thought, more pure of heart. And those are the people that will get it. Those are the people that will get it.
2: Yeah. And I I, I honestly don't feel like until you kind of start making your own journey down that spiritual path, that veganism, it's, it's a lot harder to fully go vegan and stay vegan. Because uh, I think about again, I think about my journey yeah. and my own spiritual journey before I gave up meat had started, where I was really taking the time to just try to process things in uh, in my own life and try to be better internally and that's what ultimately led me to you know giving up vegan, giving up meat uh, mm-hmm. once I saw what the health, and then ultimately going vegan once I fully connected with my spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's, that's a, no, that's a really good point and I love it. Um, so how mm-hmm. would people find that show? Where do they go?
0: Um, it's on, it, it, it streams live on Jane and Chain news network every week, which is on her Facebook page and on her Periscope page. Um, and then it also goes on my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah. So any of those places you could watch it.
2: Awesome. All right. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. that's, that's, so, that's, that's, Make sure, make sure, guys, to check that out, okay? Um, but before we continue on, we are going to take a brief moment to highlight our team member of the week, something that we are going to be doing every episode for season two to show our love and appreciation for our ever-growing family.
3: Hey, what's up? My name is Danny Ishe. I go by Lifting Vegan Logic on Instagram, and I'm very honored to be Plan Strike Performances team member of the week. So today I want to talk about what it means to me to live a life that does not include the exploitation and killing of sentient life for food, clothing, etc. So for me, it just makes me feel a much less amount of cognitive dissonance. That's the thing that made me go vegan in the first place. You know, living a life that was supporting these industries and was supporting the exploitation and killing of sentient life. So for me, it's really just about aligning my actions with my morals. And yeah, so that's that's kind of how I think it should be viewed by a lot of people and vegans. And uh, a lot of people I feel would be much more comfortable and have much less dissonance overall if they were to live in alignment with their values. So to me, that's what veganism is all about and living a life that doesn't support the exploitation of all these beings. So again, thanks so much for having me as the Planned Striking Team member of the week, and I'll see you guys around. Now
2: we are going to end the show with our creative segment, growth spurts and growing pains. So it goes, things change. I know that though I've got no control, that's just the way that we grow. And no one told me what's ahead on this road, so until I break which is a segment where we ask each guest what a recent growth spurt of theirs is, an accomplishment that they're proud of, as well as a growing pain, which is something that they're still trying to get better with. Both of these can be health, work, or life-related. So, Carissa, we're going to start right at the top. What is a recent accomplishment of yours that you're proud of?
0: Mm -hmm. I would say this B-Veg International's vegan certification getting accredited globally, I'm really proud of it. Um, We've worked so hard to build a vegan scheme that can be internationally recognized and defined and to have clout in the international community when it comes to labeling laws. So um, that has been something I'm super proud of and I believe in, and I know that it's going places and we're going to change the world with it. And we're going to make Veganism means something and manufacturers are going to take us seriously and producers and distributors are going to take us seriously because right now vegan claims are wishy-washy. They're a gray area. It's like the Wild West. Anyone can claim they're vegan and are claiming they're vegan and by what standard what does it mean? You cannot trust a vegan claim unless it has been certified and accredited and verified. And so I'm really excited and proud to be able to, you know, be born vegan, be raised vegan, have a profession in veganism. And I really feel like, you know, I'm legally vegan here. I was born and raised vegan. Like, I get the flag. I'm legally vegan. And now <laughs> right. I have a company that's legally vegan, you know, so that's for me, it's something to be excited about. I feel like I'm owning my truth. I'm getting to live my truth.
2: That's amazing. Growing
0: pains? Is that the next part?
2: Yes, that is the next part. What would you say a a growing pain is of yours currently?
0: I got to say it's not easy to do any of this. It is so (laughs) much work. It is so much work. I don't sleep. I work all the time. I'm stressed out. I have anxiety. I feel like the work doesn't end. And as much as I'm so excited about what we've done, there's so much to do. And Mm. it is so easy to not enjoy the process. It is so easy to say, I can't do this anymore. I'm just so overwhelmed. You know, it is so easy to not stop and s- just give yourself credit because mm. you, or for me at least I'm a perfectionist. Maybe it's the ballerina in me of uh, being a perfectionist my whole life and striving for perfection and achieving high levels of success. But that comes from making myself miserable sometimes because mm-hmm. I want to achieve it so badly. So rather than like, and, and I have, I'm not, I'm not mastered this. I need to learn to um, enjoy the process and realize that enjoying the process doesn't mean that I'm not working hard enough or that I'm not doing it fast enough. I'm mm-hmm. doing it as fast as I can. And I need to sometimes go easier on myself. I think mm-hmm. that's the thing. For me and I 'm very hard on myself and i 'm very I have high expectations of myself and everyone around me and um, that 's a struggle that 's a struggle as a human being that 's a struggle because you can 't control other people and you 're only one person, and whatever you want to do and accomplish isn 't going to be done in a day anyway so for me, I think learning to enjoy the ride and this is a lifelong problem of mine because I remember even as a ballerina. I would drive myself crazy before performances on how perfect I had to be on stage and I would want to balance forever and I would want to do every turn and I, wanted, I would want to do six pirouettes instead of five pirouettes. I mean, it, it, you could always be better, do better. And the problem is when things are live, it's never going to be perfect and every performance is going to be different. So what I learned in the past from ballet is the more I learned to let go, was when the magic happened on stage. That's when I turned eight times, nine times on point. That's when I balanced forever because I learned to enjoy it. And when I learned to enjoy it and let go and allow all my hard work to just be fun and come into play and trust my technique and lifetime of training, it worked. There was magic. Now I have to carry that lesson, but this is a lifelong lesson for me, into the next phases of my life, which Mm. is you know, trust it, allow it. Sometimes, you know, we don't allow things to happen because we're so much wanting it to happen or we're so in control of every moving part that it's counterproductive for us to actually achieve what we want to achieve because we don't know how to let go. So I would say I need to enjoy the process and I need to learn to let go, but not let go of the, of the trying factor and not give up on, you know, I think you get what I'm saying. There's like a lot to, that's a balancing act. And I I can balance forever on point, but (laughs) this is a balancing act I haven't mastered. The ability to enjoy the process and still trust that you're trying hard enough to get there.
2: Yeah. And and sometimes just stopping and taking a deep breath and smelling the flowers along the way. I mean, when
0: we got our global accreditation last week, the certificate, we haven't even announced it yet publicly. I've been too busy. And when we got it, I remember I texted the award to a few people and they're, they're the ones that are going, Oh my God, congratulations. This is huge. I hope you're taking uh, celebrating tonight. I hope you're taking a moment for yourself to, to take in what you just did. And it's, it's embarrassing. I didn't even stop for a moment to say, you know, what? wow, like we did this. We got, we got globally certified here. Yeah. And the, the same thing I remember doing, I was hosting a show in New York, um, on and crime network with Dan, Dan Abrams, it's like a court TV. And I I bought an apartment in New York. And I remember the closing was happening during my show. So I had to have other people take care of it. I was in a rush. I was getting my keys. And I didn't once stop. And I remember stopping to realize I didn't stop to say, wow, like I just bought myself an apartment in New York City. Like, mm-hmm. isn't this something I should just stop and say, well, you know, I, I deserve a little bit of credit here. Like I, right. for... Yeah, so I think that this is something for me. is it's a it's a it's a character flaw struggle I need to work on. It's learning to say, it's learning to achieve and stop and say, I, you know what? Let me just take in this moment.
2: Right, I totally connect with mm-hmm. you on that. It's like from top to bottom. I am mm-hmm. I because I deal with that myself, and I love how you connected it to uh being a ballerina because i connect to thinking about my best games playing football my best games when i that i played were always the ones where i didn't essentially care about the outcome i was just fully present in the moment i yeah. lived and i reacted and then afterwards celebrated but the games that i didn't weren't the greatest i was too much in my head i was always aiming for that's what it is being in your head and and then even now even nowadays that's something that i've been really working on and just realizing that things take things take time to to come to fruition and like years, not just, not just, Hey, you know what? I'm going to, you know, like I compare this to being in school, work hard for a term, 15 weeks and then you get an A and you're rewarded, you know, with instant gratification, all my work, it, it, it was worth something. But now 15 weeks in the real world, when building a company and doing everything else that you're doing, it is minuscule and you have to do 15 weeks times 15 before you actually get that reward. Uh, and so I think personally, what's been helping myself, because I'm dealing with that exact same thing that you are, I cut myself off from doing work. It's sometimes hard. And if I absolutely- What,
0: like it's 7 p.m. at night? I can't do that.
2: <laughs> but it actually, I'm been. I've noticed I'm so much more productive because of that. Mm-hmm. Because my mind actually gets that time to decompress, and then when I reapproach my work mm-hmm. the next day, I mean, yes, granted, I'm working seven a.m. to seven p.m. Okay, minus time in there to like two hours to just work out and eat lunch. But other than that, like if I am keeping myself to that schedule, and I give myself that time to decompress at night my work the next day is so much more productive mm-hmm. and i'm so much more efficient and i actually have that opportunity yeah. to breathe and right now i am still working like 7 days a week you know usually on the weekends it's only probably mm-hmm. about 6 hours on saturday and sunday yeah but i like to go out at night i like to spend time with my friends you know i went to the beach two days this past weekend so it definitely makes a difference and that's what i've been personally experienced been experiencing with myself running my own company and managing everything that I'm managing. It it really has made a big difference. For you have me. to
0: find balance, and I, I'm, 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 I am right now. I'm going to say I am I'm not. I know, like when I take ballet and all those things, I am feeling much better. I know. I realize that the energy feeds energy. So when you take ballet, you actually have more energy to do the work later. But I have. I feel like I don't have enough time on this planet to do all that I want to do. Like I feel like I can't. I but remember feel like this: I have so much to do.
2: Who's in charge of your company?
0: Me. But it's not about exactly. that,
2: right? But exactly. It's so that think- I have so
0: much to do. <laughs> uh,
2: likewise, likewise. But <laughs> hey, here's the thing no 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 two days are no no day is guaranteed and mm-hmm. i've already experienced this firsthand my dad passed away five years ago mm-hmm. and um you know like one of the things that i vividly remember him saying to me two days before he passed like on his actual deathbed on the deathbed bed that he died on was you know bob i wish i had um worked a little less and gone on more family vacations with you guys um, because he was always working. He was always traveling for his work. He worked for the government for 20 years and he traveled the world. And, and, you know, we sometimes went with him, but a lot of times we didn't. And, mm-hmm. and cause we, you know, my brother and I, we were always into sports. We were playing multiple sports growing up. And so, mm-hmm. you know, and, and of course my dad, what he taught in me was, in, taught in us was to if you're committed to something stay committed to it work hard and so a lot of the times we would put the sports mm-hmm. ahead of family time but looking back on it when I have kids someday yes of course stay hard and stay committed to something but your family time is something that you're never going to get back like your time is your most valuable currency because it's the only thing that goes money yeah time is and go. the most valuable currency like, time, and, an, energy. Those exactly, are time exactly. and energy exactly exactly
0: where is your energy spent and how are you spending it?
2: And if you were to ask yourself right now, would you mm-hmm. be happy if tomorrow my life were to end and I never gave myself that time to relax mm-hmm. and enjoy the moment and to actually I think celebrate what I'm
0: doing? I'm supposed to be doing right now. I feel very on purpose, and I think that there this I'm in a time right now where I have to push through it. But um, I do think that it's. I can look back on times when I, you know, in my life before this time where i wish i would like ballet for example i wish i didn't put so much pressure on myself and i would have just enjoyed it a little bit more because i loved it and i enjoyed it and my performances that i did like oh i enjoyed but i should have enjoyed more i should have enjoyed more and allowed myself to enjoy that more but right now i think that i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing that i need to do
2: yeah well promise me promise me this one thing you'll (laughs) take you'll take like a night off to go get a drink and maybe go to the beach or walk I'll around get
0: drinks and stuff. I took, a, I got a drink last night with my dad. So, okay. I mean, it's not that I, you know, but I, I'm really, I'm working real hard right now, but that's, it's okay. I think that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm very much aware of also, you know, the other side of this. Like I just had a friend who, um, you know, was young and, uh, last summer was out and about in the Hamptons living the great, a great life. Um, handsome in shape nicest person in the world and i just saw on facebook two days ago or three days ago that he died of pancreatic cancer and he was diagnosed and died within 60 days yeah
2: wow i'm so So sorry i didn't
0: i I, so i right i know and i didn't take that lightly because you know it's just see someone that young okay maybe 40s Young, yeah, living I'm life, sorry. running around, social at every party in the you know, in the Hamptons, yeah, very nice, living you know, wasn't one of the fake people out there, one of the authentic ones. Um I totally fully expected him to be there this summer doing the same thing as last summer. And last summer seems like yesterday. So yeah. it was shocking to see, you know, on Facebook that news this week.
2: I'm sorry, very to do sad. That. So yeah, I'm, really sorry I'm very much that. aware
0: of that whole other side of nothing's guaranteed. I think about that too. But right. when you, you know, it's one thing to live a life of purpose and, you know, work hard because you are in service of that purpose. And then another thing to just not let yourself enjoy and work all the time because you feel like you just are a workaholic. Those are two different right. things. So yeah. I think, you know, I think the most important thing is for us all to be here on this planet and find our purpose and live in mm. service of that purpose. Agreed. I think the next p- part is to find a way to enjoy the process of living in service of your purpose. Agree. Not well. put so much pressure on yourself to complete and fulfill your, your purpose, because your purpose is supposed to be a journey, not a destination.
2: Exactly. I couldn't have said it better. I love that. Mm-hmm. And that is everything that we embody here at Plant Strength sustainability for mind body soul and the environment Mm -hmm. so carissa thank you so much for coming on the show it was an absolute pleasure to have you i feel like i i I feel like myself personally have grown from this conversation with you and i know for sure that that our listeners have have grown as well so for them where are they able to find you if they would like to look you up both on social media and Mm
0: -hmm. on the internet Mm-hmm. Um, Carissa Kranz is, would be my handle, um, for YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and then BevVeg, the company, BevVeg, the handle is with two V's though. So B-E-V-V-E-G. And that's the same handle across all social media platforms. So, uh, awesome. and then the show Laws That Matter. So there's three. And that's <laughs> at on the Laws jam- That Matter, at BevVeg, at Carissa Kranz.
2: Got it. And the Laws That Matter is on the Jane Unchained Network, which is a fully vegan network uh, Mm -hmm. online. Yes?
0: Yes. And um, Laws That Matter, that's where the show is aired and streamed. But then we also have the Facebook group and the Instagram page as well. And then the YouTube channel. So...
2: Awesome. I'm all, you, all over
0: the place. Find me anywhere you
2: want. <laughs> awesome. You guys, you guys know where to go, and you can check the description in the show notes to to get direct links to uh, to Carissa. But uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Again, thank you so much, Carissa, for being here for and me. talking with us today. And until the next one, I'm your host, Bobby Lynch, and this is Plant Strength Radio.
1: Plant Strength Radio is hosted by Bobby Lynch, produced and edited by Kiwan Harrison. Original theme music by Alex Brinkley and Tyson Bryce. If you would like to hear more podcasts like this, please like, share, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever podcasts can be streamed. To learn more about Plant Strength, the company behind this podcast, please visit www.plantstrengthperformance.com or follow us on social media at Plant Train Performance. Plant Strength. Sustainability for mind, body, soul, and the environment.